0: Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge, Knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success? It's a no brainer. Think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity, share your story, and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business. People like Ian Payton, who's taken the course, launched their own podcast, and already in the top 10% of podcasts worldwide. And you could be next. The 7 Million Bikes Podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality.
1: Hi,
2: I'm A Aaron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A W D L Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hours worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y Funny Productions. Hey everyone, it's me again.
0: If you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. In addition to listening to this show without the ads, you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well. Doesn't cost that much. You can get plans for as low as $1 a month. You can show the love and your support. Just go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S, and subscribe and listen and enjoy today. Again, that's patreon.com slash Welcome to the Tom Myers versus the rest of the world 2021 year in recoil special. We have a new variant of COVID-19 called Omicron. That doesn't sound too threatening, does it? It sounds like someone's username on Fortnite. If you really, if you really want to alarm people, call it the Skullfucker variant. That will keep that old guy who says he doesn't need a vaccine or a mask, and he can fight off COVID because he single-handedly strangled everyone in a small village in Vietnam. In other words, everyone in central Pennsylvania over the age of 75. The first (laughs) outbreak of the Omicron variant occurred at an anime convention in New Jersey. Now we know one of the comorbidities of the variant, virginity. (laughs) They should have called this variant the two-point conversion. That way, no one on the Baltimore Ravens would ever catch it. (laughs) Governor Larry Hogan now has COVID-19. As a lifelong Maryland resident, I can safely say this is the first positive thing I've seen from his administration. (laughs) Oh,
4: my God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Congressman Thomas Massey posted a family Christmas photo on Twitter where everyone held semi-automatic weapons and asked Santa for more ammunition. Presumably because Steve Scalise had no more bullet fragments left to give anybody. Oh. Lauren Bobert did a similar photo her husband didn't participate presumably because police were questioning him for pulling his willy out in public again In his memoir former White House chief of staff Mark Meadows said Trump was so weak after his covid diagnosis that he was unable to hold his briefcase That alarmed me Trump has a briefcase yes.
2: <laughs>
0: What does he keep in there boyer pics of his daughter the house january 6 commission revealed that jim jordan sent mark meadows a text saying that mike pence could just ignore state results he didn't like it's easy for jim jordan as he already has the model pretending state results are male wrestlers complaining of sexual abuse (laughs) it was revealed that tucker carlson once asked hunter biden to help get his kid into a prestigious school that explains why he's the way he is on his broadcasts He's gotten into Hunter's stash. (laughs) Chris Cuomo was fired by CNN after an allegation of sexual assault was made against him. Who knew that in his slogan, let's get after it, it referred to his female former boss's ass. (laughs) On the bright side, as he hasn't left his house, at least he won't catch COVID again. They fired Chris Cuomo, but they brought back Jeffrey Tubin. I would have thought his first career move would be starring in a newsroom-themed porn where he starred under the name Snake Fapper. <laughs> and now on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Michelle Wojcicki, and Walter Gottlieb. <laughs> Good job. Right. So how is everyone's 2021?
3: I missed that one month in June when we thought COVID wasn't a thing anymore. Missed that. Back
1: to that. Wasn't yeah. that nice? They're nice. Some people went on vacation. We ate outside. We ate inside. We took our masks off.
3: Kissed old people. <laughs>
1: I kissed. <laughs> that was that was a that was a nice month. I was watching the show uh, as I. My wife and I are quarantining this week in anticipation of seeing family and friends over the next week. So we're playing it safe and. There's a show on HBO Max called Station Eleven, which is about a uh, the uh, the uh, a pandemic, which immediately wipes out most of civilization. And <laughs> thanks and, for the
4: warning. I'm not watching it now.
1: <laughs> and my wife was very upset, and I said, "No, that that pandemic, that virus came on all of a sudden." With us, it came on more gradually, and we had time to develop smart practices and develop a vaccine, and everybody took the vaccine, and it all worked out just fine. So it's a completely different situation. I felt like 2021
5: was going to be different, and for a while it was. But from the perspective of December, it seems like God just did a cut and copy and paste of 2020 now because it's like uh, oddly familiar you know uh the the pandemic is back the the right-wing politics are back it doesn't it's all the same
0: the big news story to start 2021 was the mob of trump supporters storming the capitol obviously too fucking stupid to understand that storming a building run by a government that can eliminate any cancerous polyps on your prostate by precision bombing means there'll be legal consequences. This local report in Tampa shows one such case.
6: Federal prosecutors say Joshua Doolin contemplated bringing weapons and ammunition, including an AR 15 and magazines to the US Capitol on January 6th. Instead, they say he joined a violent mob of rioters that armed themselves with chemical spray, zip ties and riot shields. Some of the group assaulted law enforcement officers. Dolan was arrested in late June and released on bond. But now he's asking a judge to remove his GPS ankle monitor. His attorney argues it gets in the way of his workouts and has, quote, <laughs> developed annoying blisters as a result of wearing the device. The prosecutors want the ankle monitor to stay on. They remind the judge of the real danger Doolin poses in the community. They include some of his text messages just before the riots where he suggests bringing a semi-automatic weapon and anticipated that violence would occur. And enthusiastically welcomed it by writing, quote, I wouldn't mind dying with my family, storming the Capitol on my birthday. Doolin is hoping the judge will allow him to take his off it already slipped out once as he ran out the courthouse
0: jesus i mean that should be a pretty big indication when someone who posed a serious legitimate threat of violence at the capitol you know his ankle monitor can be easily taken off by him
1: dukes of hazarding
0: his way down some courthouse steps
1: you know you'd you'd hate him to have to work uh mess up his uh his workout regimen, but he had plenty of exercise time last January 6th, running up and down the stairs of the Capitol.
0: (laughs) The big laugh line of 2021 was that the insurrection occurred not on January 6th, but on the previous November 3rd. While some Senate Republicans were quick to condemn the events of January 6th and the ones that led up to it, some senators are showing signs of going back to their pre-insurrection mindset. In this clip, Chuck Grassley of Iowa explains his somewhat pivot to CNN's Gary Tuckman. We've been trying for days to get some questions to longtime Republican Senator Chuck Grassley. The reason we want to talk to him is because of the total 180 he did this past weekend with regards to the former president. In the days following the insurrection, Senator Grassley was slamming the former president for his role in the riot, but apparently all was forgotten this past weekend because at a rally in Des Moines, Senator Grassley stood side by side with the one term president and basked in his compliments. What changed? Well, in a word, politics. Senator Grassley said so himself.
7: I was born at night, but not last night. So if I didn't accept the endorsement of a person that's got 91% of the Republican voters in Iowa, I wouldn't be too smart. I'm smart enough to accept that endorsement.
0: Then there was a question the former senator wouldn't answer when he was asked by the associated press to comment about the statement the former president made last week saying the real insurrection happened on election day grassley again a profile of courage declined so the news tonight we found him or at least our gary tuckman did this is your chance to answer that question do you think the real insurrection what he
7: said was in november i don't think your questions even Appropriate from this standpoint, uh, I would I was given a chance to speak five minutes at this event with Trump. Uh, no, no. I was asked to speak two hours before he came to twenty three thousand. Iowa's. Right. I took advantage of that to say about what the Biden administration is doing on inflation. Nothing. What they're doing at the border. Nothing. How they left Americans in Afghan nothing. And, uh, and, uh, and the tax and s- spending spree that we have. And I had a chance to, to uh, say about the last four years how I've worked uh, to get strict constructionists on the Supreme Court, how I've worked to get tax cuts, uh, and how we've worked in conjunction with ethanol, with, with a president that very appropriately has said how he and I have worked together to benefit Iowans. He said I loved Iowans, so I had an opportunity to be before 23,000 Iowans and I wouldn't have had that opportunity if he hadn't brought that crowd together. So, sir, was the real insurrection in November or was the insurrection on in January 6th? I'll take you back to my January. It's your chance to answer the question. Yeah, I'm, a- I'm answered. I take you back. I'll stand by the statement I made on January the 7th, and I'll stand by the statement I made on December the 13th
1: that Trump w- or that Biden was the elected president. His disingenuous statements there, he just happened to be there so he could address 23,000 Iowans uh, about the failings of the Biden administration. And it's a coincidence that the other guy was there the former guy oh i
4: didn't know trump was there i didn't see the big ass bus that said trump i didn't see you know all the bodyguards i didn't see you know i i swear to god if the republicans had a much better spin they could just remake the exorcist i mean it's just it, it, the, the spins they have it cracks me up you know So often, and being someone who's in the media, so to speak, I mean, I don't do hard news, but you know, hearing this kind of stuff, answer. Well, you're on the right
0: podcast then.
4: Answer (laughs) exactly. Answer the question. And the first thing that so I've seen so many Republicans over the last five years, if they're asked a question they don't want to answer, they say, "Well, that's not an appropriate question. This isn't the right time to ask me that question." Really. Shut the fuck up and answer the question. Answer the question. It's not that hard.
5: If it's any consolation, I looked it up on the internet before the show. Um, Grassley is expected to die the soonest of all the senators. Uh, He's projected to die on February 9th, twenty twenty six. Uh, with oh Diane God. Feinstein close behind on December twenty first, twenty twenty six. So I am just want to keep you fully up to date on the Grassley Death Watch.
3: What actuary has put this together?
5: Some dude used a calculator that they use to predict how long the Supreme Court justices will live, and he sort of used that same formula to figure out how long the senators will live. But good news, I'm you know, sure it's said,
3: just a, a life insurance. You know, uh, like I said, a uh, well, actuary table or whatever
5: but actuary is too big a word for Republicans the uh (laughs) actuarial but the good news is it said Tom Myers is going to live um forever so (laughs)
4: at least it'll seem that way to the rest of us
0: (laughs) I can leave the house thanks Walter
4: (laughs) Uh, I just that
3: was the least ringing endorsement of an endorsement that I have ever heard. He was like, basically he said, well, uh, I mean, I'd guess I'd be a complete fucking idiot if I didn't stand here next to you because apparently 92% of the people in this state like you. So here I am. He didn't like, it, that's what he's, he literally was like, it was the least ringing endorsement of an endorsement I've ever
0: seen in my life. Always wanted to be a folksy wordsmith. Here's Chuck Grassley in a throwback clip talking about <laughs> meeting with his constituents.
1: After visiting with students on the
2: steps of the Capitol, Senator Grassley heads back to his office for at least eight meetings with constituents. How are you?
7: Very good. good. Well, sit down. Thank you. Hi, how are you doing, young man? Good to see you. At least the hours of three to five are set aside for Iowans to come in, and I generally try to meet eight groups of Iowans. So that means I spend fifteen minutes with eight different groups of Iowans, and I do it because. They come to Washington to talk to their senator. Uh, unless there's some overwhelming reason that I can't be in this office between three and five, I'm going to meet them. If I can't be here, my staff is going to meet with them. But I don't cancel very many meetings, uh, and and only if there's uh, uh, something that I can't spend any time with. Because even if I have to go to the floor of the Senate to vote, I can still spend a few minutes with these, or I can bring this the constituent group over to the Capitol, and I can meet them in the reception area over there. The point is, they come to town to talk to their senator. You know, I have this toenail clipping philosophy, uh, and that's basically something I learned from a California congressman when I first came to Washington. I said, what do you got to do to be a good congressman? This uh, leader from California told me, he says, you know, pay attention to what your constituents problems back home are. And he said, if a little old lady comes into your office and wants her toenails clipped, clip her toenails. Well, that's basically saying that your constituents have a problem. Maybe you can't always help them solve their problems, but you ought to give them the good old college try. Let them know that you're you're trying your best to get their rights
0: uh, and their problems solved by their government. Now, this clip is from circa. <laughs> this clip is from circa uh, 2002. So, I imagine, like as time progresses, Chuck Grassley would just be like, "I have this toenail clipping philosophy of government. <laughs> when someone asks me a question I uh, don't want to answer, I I pull out my little Ziploc baggie of toenails and I start <laughs> on them. They look so confused that." That uh, they forget what the question is, and I can I can walk away.
5: Yeah, it's like, a, I now have a toenail fungus philosophy, and I'm like a fungus that'll stick right to my <laughs> constituents in Iowa. You're going to need an industrial tank of Lamisil
4: to get rid of that. I call it the yeast infection <laughs> philosophy.
0: <laughs> also, evening. if you're in Iowa, like if this is your chance to go to Washington, D.C., is your first stop really to talk to Chuck Grassley? Like, no, <laughs> really. If I lived in Iowa, like the most exciting thing to do for me wouldn't go see Chuck Grassley. Like something, I would do something like that actually, I would actually do something more exciting. Like visit the spot wow. where Buddy Holly's plane crashed. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: he's but also feels like he's not really if your people have to drive or fly to Washington DC to get you to listen to their problems like that
4: inherently seems like there's a disconnect there and the other thing is he said they show him in the one clip he's got like eight people around this tiny little like Ikea table you know I spend 15 minutes if you spend 15 minutes in a room with eight people who have real problems, really long nothing accomplished. It's just bullshit. It's political bullshit.
0: With the holiday season approaching, it means it's that time of year when conservatives throw out the Christian attitudes of peace, kindness, and goodwill, and instead focus on how their traditions are attacked. This results not only in a perceived war on Christmas, but also Jesus telling these people why they're dickheads. Here's how Newsmax is promoing this year's holiday special. We know Santa Claus is
7: coming, but what is the true meaning of Christmas? Governor Huckabee shares the secrets, and even President Trump joins in. Don't miss this Newsmax special, Mike Huckabee's Christmas in America. Mr. President, when you came into office, America had gone through a long period where people quit saying Merry Christmas. It's all happy Oh my God. You deliberately changed that, That's and true. openly said, "Merry Christmas." We're going to say it again.
1: In fact, How it was that part important? Part of my campaign, my yeah. The country had started with this woke, I guess, uh, a little bit before that. Yeah. And it was embarrassing for stores to say Merry Christmas. You'd see these big chains. They want your money, but they don't want to say Merry Christmas.
6: It's the only thing that makes family a family is when you have a Thanksgiving giving thanks, but the best of it all is to be able to give the best gift of all, which was Jesus Christ.
2: Merry Christmas, America. Merry Christmas, America. Merry Christmas, America. Right on. Merry Christmas, America. Merry Christmas, America. We
1: need revival.
2: Merry Christmas, America. Merry Christmas, America.
3: Merry Christmas, America.
2: It
5: says in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Verse 13, that's Christmas for you. And now, abide hope, faith, and love. The greatest of all three is love. That's the definition of Christmas.
0: I love how that one guy, that last guy, just pulled out the Corinthians recitation Looked like he was on a cigarette break
4: (laughs) (laughs) and he was you know i i gotta tell you that that bullshit of uh, that uh, that 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 that, oh they took they took christ out of christmas you can't say merry christmas blah 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 you know there are like 14 holidays Uh, if you're saying happy holidays it's not saying you can't say merry christmas it's ridiculous it's stupid
5: Oh, it's one of those—it's uh, one of those phantom issues that that they use so well. And by the way, Tom, I haven't eaten yet, so thanks for showing that right before dinner. Like, <laughs> I, I, I got physically ill, like viscerally ill. You know, Newsmax is incredible. You know, one critic said it's incredibly dull and incredibly. Boring, and it's not a good news network. That's a ringing endorsement, mm-hmm. and that's their idea of a Christmas special,
3: right? Like bombarding ask- a whole bunch of white people on the street, shoving a microphone in their face, and making them say "Merry Christmas, America." That's, well, that's they had all- the one.
5: They had the one African American dude in Lafayette Park you know, so they're, that's different.
4: That's balance. And you know what they did? They went, Hey, Hey, come on, come on. We found a black guy. He'll talk to us. Come
6: on. Right, come on. Exactly.
1: But you know what they're not talking about on, on that channel or OAN uh, or, or Fox Walter. They're not what? talking about uh, the Biden administration sending tests out. They're not talking about,
4: no, why should not, they?
1: Yeah. They're not talking about the new, uh, uh, pill uh that uh, uh, uh to fight uh the virus that uh pfizer announced and they're not talking about any of that
5: no but i don't i don't think the mainstream media is doing an awesome job anymore either it's like you know they contribute to this narrative uh you know of failure and dysfunction in Washington that becomes sort of self-fulfilling, like who, is it partially Biden's fault that a lot of people don't know what's in the Build Back Better Act? Yes, but it's also CNN's fault for never telling anyone and only going like focusing on the uh, contention and the price tag, right? So you
1: don't don't think that uh, Wolf Blitzer did a report today on gas prices lowering to counter his report from two months ago where he picked the highest price gas station in the district three three dollars fifty cents to highlight the failings of the administration which has nothing to do the president has nothing to do with (laughs) gas prices whether it's the (laughs) former guy whether it's this guy has nothing to do with it but you had wolf friggin blitzer who picks the highest price gas station in the district and we know there are certain gas stations uh, strategically located in the district, uh, near hotels, near airports that are higher than others. That's what happens. So he picked one that was 350 and said, look how bad Joe's doing in fighting gas prices. So, so now you don't think that, the, uh, that now the gas prices are, low, are, are lowering across America, you don't think he's talking about it?
3: Jeff, I, oh my, this is my dad, everybody. This is the other Dr. Mello. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Hi, Dr. Mello. Jeff was Good talking
2: night.
3: about how the presidents don't fix gas prices. And you have a story about a student, right, that thought that the president actually fixed yeah, gas prices. Didn't yeah, I have a student
2: like that, thought the president would, would be able to determine gasoline prices. It's very simple. The market determines gasoline prices. Supply and demand, one of the only two immutable laws that I know, the other one being gravity. <laughs> there you go. Let me ask this
5: though: so When, when, when Biden did release some of the strategic petroleum reserve, did that have any impact, or was that just a symbolic well,
2: it, gesture? It potentially could have a small impact, but he's not releasing enough gas, uh, oil, for a long-term impact. So it might have a very small blip. What he's doing is he's increasing supply, and if demand stays the same, price comes down. But over time, you're going to deplete that amount of oil and then it reverts back to the normal supply and demand. So, so we're
1: speaking with Dr. John Mello uh, from Arkansas State. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. I'm a professor of supply chain management.
5: Oh, wow. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, yeah, wow. That's
5: expertise that's in very high demand right now. Yes, yeah, seriously. I should be making a
1: lot more money than I do. <laughs> I'm
2: looking at your resume.
1: I'm looking at your resume. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good here. How, but, uh, John, how proud are you, uh, and I, as, as, as a father, uh, I say this, to have, have a daughter who's also a doctor?
2: I mean. Well, it's hard to even describe how proud I am of her. But since I did most of her work when she was getting her PhD, I'm not that proud. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, a funny story. Um, I started my PhD when I was 51. So when I was a fourth year PhD student, Abby joined the, uh, the, the University of Tennessee, and I was the oldest PhD student in the College of Business, and she was the youngest one. So it's like a redneck joke, you know, you, you walk your daughter to school because you're both in the same grade. It's kind of like that.
3: Watch out, Abby. Your dad's going to take your spot. I know, right?
0: (laughs) It's not just just Arkansas, Dr. Mello. Have you ever been to Harford County, Maryland? (laughs) In conclusion, as 2021 closes and a new already promising to be a chaotic year takes hold, it's time to reflect. I decided not to do any New Year's resolutions. I learned my lesson New Year's Eve 2019 when I made the resolution to not be a germaphobe. (laughs) (laughs)
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is rough around the holidays, especially for some people like me who are self employed, as I'm not able to give myself a Christmas bonus. So, if you are self employed, take comfort knowing that instead you can reward yourself with an extra hour on Pornhub. <laughs> I recently had a chance to reflect upon the true spirit of this holiday season. Leaving a store after Christmas shopping, I was immediately greeted by a disheveled elderly gentleman wandering along the sidewalk, telling me the end times were coming and that the Savior was going to come rescue us. Damn right on the former, I thought to myself, but as for the latter, that's up for debate. Once I brushed him off, I came upon separate yet highly goal-oriented people. The first was a Salvation Army Santa Claus ringing his bell next to the red pot. The second was a Girl Scout selling cookies to raise money for a charitable cause. I only had enough left over from shopping to contribute to one of these and was debating on who should get my generosity when I came upon a third yet unexpected option. Off a good distance from the Salvation Army Santa and the Girl Scout was a small, kindly old man who had dropped trowel and had a trumpet pressed up against his asshole. I moved her closer, looked to see what he was doing. The nearer I got to this odd gentleman, the more I was able to see that he was farting various melodies into the trumpet to make was admittedly a very convincing rendition of God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. <laughs> when he finished, I applauded. After all, what he did took more talent than I've seen in every single Zoom comedy open mic or combined since the <laughs> pandemic started. Thank you, the old man said. You're welcome, I replied before following up with, do you mind if I ask how you do that? The old man held up his finger and got right back to work, using his glutes to crack out a banging rendition of The Little Drummer Boy, (laughs) slapping slapping his ass cheeks with his hands at appropriate moments in the song. It is easy, he tells me. My diet consists of pizza and ice cream, and I happen to be lactose intolerant. It's the only only way my wife will let me enjoy my twin passions of music and irritable bowels. (laughs) The old man then did a rather kick-ass version of police Navidad. <laughs> I was <Okay>. sold. <laughs> I was sold. Screw the Salvation Army Santa with a tinnitus-like ringing and the Girl Scout offering me a future of diabetes and high blood sugar. I went for the obvious choice. I gave the anal trumpeter a 20. It was worth it to ensure one elderly artist's happiness and one step toward his audition for AGT, oh. Americans has Got Twins. <laughs> <laughs> As I walked away, satisfied that I had done my good deed for the day, his musical rectum saw me off with a medley, alternating between simply having a wonderful Christmas time, Jingle Bell Rock, and to spice things up, Free Bird. <laughs> I then realized that my work that day was not done. I tracked down the disheveled ranter, got into his face and yelled fuck your savior and I'll see you on the 25th uncle Jimmy by the way dad says hi (laughs) if my year-end sentiment has you depressed then just remember that as we're past the winter solstice daylight is now getting longer and longer so you will have less time to sit in the dark and self-pity reflecting on how fucking ugly your furniture looks (laughs) And on that note, that's it for 2021. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Michelle Wojakowski, and Walter Gottlieb. Thanks. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Michelle Wojakowski, and Walter Gottlieb. Special thanks to Dr. John Mello. Theme music by Euron Vandenberg. Executive producer, Tom Myers. Executive producer for IPM Nation, Matt Connerton. For more information, visit tommyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi
1: everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, Funny Productions. a ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Ace. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny Productions. Now, how do I get out of here?
4: Love this podcast? Support this show through the A-Cast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.